The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. You can find us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. Our uh, college football articles are out. Nate's NFL articles are out, all on WatchStadium.com. He's the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. And, Nate, it is our favorite day of the week because it's Picks Friday. The day we've all been waiting for, all the research kind of coming to uh, a conclusion on what we like the most, what we have the most money on, and breaking down all the games we bet on from every angle possible. It might not always be the big games, the big games on TV, but things we bet on, which I think is what people want to hear and where they might want to put their money on Saturday and Sunday, and even tonight when we have a game that I'm interested in between Temple and Cincinnati. Ooh, I like it. I like that little teaser. So might as well just get into it. Let's go to uh, our college football picks. Um, I only have one best bet from college football this weekend, Nate. Um, and I have been going back and forth on this one, but I think I'm going to just man up and make Iowa minus one and a half my best bet. And uh, and I'm sticking with it. I really like Iowa in this spot. I think Penn State on the road is going to struggle a bit more than people think. Sean Clifford, he was prone to picks against Indiana. He has had an up and down season. I think this Iowa defense, which we know has been incredible at forcing turnovers, I think is going to give him a hard time at Kinnick. Um, I like the number at minus one and a half. It was at, you know, minus three at some points early on in the week. Didn't like that number, but now that it's under two, I've taken Iowa minus one and a half at home against Penn State. All right. I mentioned a Friday night game, so I'll get right to the bets. There's one that's a best bet and one I'll just have a smaller bet on, but it's the Temple Cincinnati game. Handicap for this big letdown game for Cincinnati. Six days ago, they had their biggest win in program history against Notre Dame. Now they have two kind of signature wins to put on their college football playoff resume. They're up to fifth in the AP poll, so they're in very good shape if they can run the table in the AAC, which is pretty reasonable, I think. Uh, They have a tough test against UCF next week and then SMU, who's now ranked later in the year. But now they get Temple on a Friday night. They are at home, but I'm just expecting a big letdown For Cincinnati, and maybe even both teams might have a letdown because Temple had a pretty shocking upset of Memphis last week. And because of that Temple win, I kind of prefer the total in this game. I'm not sure about Cincinnati's offense, but I do trust their defense to be able to play tight tight coverage and secure uh, an under ticket at 54. It was up to 55 this morning, but for the grading purposes, we'll give out Temple-Cincinnati under 54. And an added bet for this one, Temple plus 30. Anything uh, plus 29 or better will be a smaller bet for me. (laughs) I prefer the total, but I will also be betting the side because it's just too big of a letdown situation and hangover game and even a sandwich game with UCF on deck for Cincinnati to be laying such a big number. Yeah, we've been having some success with our uh, hangover games in the past couple of weeks, so we might as well just continue to ride that train. Uh, you have a couple of other best bets for college football, so let's do those since I only have one best bet for college this week. So 
get your best bets out of the way, and then we can keep going into some of the uh, the games we're also just betting. So a game I wrote about on the last question of our roundtable article at WatchStadium.com about the side you're tempted to bet, but but don't. You know you shouldn't, and yeah. the side this week for me is LSU. They're playing Kentucky. The idea of betting on LSU would be basically just backing or fading Kentucky off one of their bigger recent wins in program history. They beat Florida last week. It was the first time since 1986 they beat the Gators in Lexington. So big home win, storm the field, probably take the goalpost down to downtown Lexington. Uh, it was a very ugly box score, though, for Kentucky. Will Levis, their quarterback, only was 7 of 17 passing, less than 100 yards. And really what kind of won the game for Kentucky is Florida leading the third quarter, kicks a pretty short field goal attempt, and it's blocked and returned for a touchdown. And that flips the entire game, and Kentucky wins straight up. So don't really love this Kentucky offense right now, scoring 20 points last week, but seven of them through special teams. But at the same time, don't really like what's going on with this LSU team. They can't run the ball. And their quarterback, Max Johnson, I just don't think he's good enough uh, when you need to rely on him to throw the football. So under 51 is going to end up being the best bet in this game because I like Kentucky's defense. I think there's going to be a big letdown at the same time, though. But LSU coming into town, not in the best state right now. I know Coach Orgeron might be feeling a little bit of the heat in Baton Rouge, even though they're two years removed from winning a national title. So LSU-Kentucky under 51 is the best bet. Something I've kind of talked myself into throughout the week because I wanted to make a case for LSU, but the under is where I'm going to opt to. I like it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The logic there with just Kentucky coming off a huge win, and we know we we like fading those teams that have that are playing their hangover games. And I, for me, it, I might bet LSU um, simply because this seems to be the throw the sink at him type of game for Ed Orgeron and LSU. I think he knows that his seat is hot, and I know he knows people are talking about him being fired. I mean, they've been talking about that every week almost this week for him. So I could see him and the coaching staff just saying, this is a game we need because if we lose against Kentucky, even though Kentucky has a good record, it's just not a good look for LSU. So I can see him just throwing everything at him. Yeah, and LSU actually has a game next week at home against Florida. So this actually could also have been a, a tricky spot for LSU. So just another reason to like the under, I guess, because I don't like either offense in this game. And then the other game where I'll have a best bet from, but I actually like three bets in this game. I'll just give out um, all three of them, but on, at, for the best bet rating, we'll just give out one, the one I'll have the most money on, and it's Michigan-Nebraska. In the article I wrote on Watch Stadium, or the roundtable that Ben and I wrote along with others, Nebraska was my favorite spread pick. I, it's plus three right now. It was plus three and a half yesterday, so don't love that as much as I maybe did yesterday. Uh, so I just had a, you know, cause we have to give out our favorite point spread pick. That's what it was, but it's not necessarily my favorite bet in college this week, but the under makes a lot of sense to me. Just really don't trust Michigan's offense. I know that they threw the ball with a little bit more success last week, but it just seems like maybe that Wisconsin team has kind of quit on the season, especially the defense who that has been playing well for Wisconsin. If the offense isn't playing well, there's probably not a lot of confidence just in general with this team. But Nebraska trending in the right direction, in my opinion, home game at night. I think this is a real tough spot for Michigan's offense. So the best bet is going to be Michigan. Team total under 26.5 will be the fair number we can grade that at. But I also like full game under 51 
like both defenses in this game, and I feel like this could be one of those Big Ten rock fights, even though it's not between a traditional Big Ten member in Nebraska. Yeah, I like it. And I know last weekend was Unders weekend for me, Nate. This weekend is Unders weekend for you. You've got, what, one, two, three, four Unders that you're playing this weekend. Yeah, so two best bet Unders and the one team total under, but didn't make the best bet, but we'll give Comp Michigan Nebraska as an under along with Nebraska. So it's going to be an onslaught in that game. I'll uh, be very yeah. nervous all day as that's a evening kickoff thinking about that Michigan-Nebraska game for most yeah, of the night, even though even though there's much better games that impact the college football playoff, like your best bet with Iowa and then I know yeah. Texas-Oklahoma early in the day. Yeah, so I got a couple more I uh, wanted to hit on. These aren't best bets, but these are just going to be some games I have some money on. Uh, BYU minus five and a half. And there are some places where it's up to minus six, but I think you could still get it at minus five and a half at some major sports books. Uh, I, I just, I, I know, and we talked about this before the show, Nate, I know that they have a quarterback situation and they don't know who is going to be starting on Saturday, but they have said that all three quarterbacks uh, have the potential to play. I don't think any one of them is going to be out. So you would hope and feel that they would put the best quarterback out there of the three that they have. Uh, I, I've just not been impressed with Boise State. I like BYU with this uh, lower number at home, and I think they have that lower number because of the quarterback situation. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take a minus five and a half at home. I have Syracuse plus six, and this was a game that I gave even for a money line play at plus two hundred, as um, they seemingly should give Wake Forest a game, um, and I think they could possibly win. They've been really good at home in the dome this season. Um, I, I think this could be a potential money line upset spot, but I'm for sure going to take the plus six with Cuse. Um, and as we talked about earlier this week, ACC, you cannot trust any team in the ACC. So you get a spread this high. I think you have to, on principle, hit the underdog. And that's Syracuse plus six at home. So I'm going to take them against Wake Forest. Rutgers is the other underdog that I'm uh, going to hit at plus five and a half against Michigan State. Love this spot for them. Michigan State has had a really good season, obviously ranked in the top 25. Um, they've surprised a lot of people. I think Mel Tucker has done a great job with the Spartans, but them as a five and a half point favorite on the road against Rutgers. Give me Rutgers. And, and I hate betting Rutgers. It's never fun to bet Rutgers. You never do it with a smile on your face. But in a situation like this, with the number that you get, uh, with the potential that Rutgers still has, I was high in them to start the year, and they covered the well, first two games in a row, I think. I like them at home as dogs. Yeah, and, you know, it's a little more fun to bet on Rutgers these days because it's Greg Schiano, and he uh, he's has a little bit of talent. He's brought in a Piscataway, so it's not like it used to be when they were the, the laughing stock of the Big Ten East. But I agree with both of them, Syracuse, Rutgers. They actually played each other in week two, and Rutgers got a big win at Syracuse. I think Syracuse is lone home blemish. Yeah. Uh, but Syracuse, they did beat Liberty two weeks ago in a similar spot with a similar point spread. But Wake Forest, they're the only undefeated team in the ACC. We know how this goes. The, yeah. Whenever a team not, that's not, not supposed long. to be undefeated and like is holding the carrying the flag for the conference, like a team like Wake Forest, you know it's not going to last long, and they have a bye week next week, so let's fade them. This week, so I like Syracuse at plus six. Rutgers, I'm holding out for plus six, and I uh, already actually have put on a money line parlay. The Northeast <laughs> Syracuse Rutgers money line parlay should be able to pay out at least seven to one. So I would uh, recommend that, and that's uh, the two underdogs that I've kind of circled this week um, that are 
a big enough underdog where it's more than like three and a half where you can get a little bit of a nice payout if they both hit or even just if one hits if you just want to bet one or both on the money line and single bets. I like it. The East Coast Elite against Middle America. <laughs> you go with the East Coast Elite Parlay. Um, do you have any more college football ones? If not, we can uh, go on NFL. No, that's it for college football for me that we now that we covered it all. And make sure to check our Twitter account at Stadium Bets. We'll have a separate yeah. Best Bets video that we'll record after the show with our, our Best Bets. So if you want to like kind of visualize what they are, we'll give out the Best Bets. But also we want people to listen to that portion of the show because it gives out other bets we are we are taking this week and hopefully you have your pen and paper ready because uh, you might want to remember them and know what we're betting uh, tomorrow or even tonight with uh, the uh, Temple Cincy game. All right, let's move on to NFL. Let's do uh, our NFL bets. I have one best bet. You have one best bet, and it is the same best bet. You convinced me of this on Wednesday when you gave it, and that number was at plus five and a half for the San Francisco. 49ers um, and they play the red hot Arizona Cardinals you took them a plus five and a half uh, I'm going to take them plus five because I'm betting them today um, and that's I think the number that's most widely available and I would get that ASAP once you hear this podcast because that number is definitely falling to four and a half it may even fall to four so I know Nate you said you like it up to four and a half yeah for best bet up to four and a half I mean okay. if it's plus four I'd still bet it maybe just a little bit less but you should be able to get the best number now. I know the reason I gave this out on Wednesday was because I was hoping for the plus six, but it stayed at five and a half for two days. And I was like, this, there's no way that it's going to stay here. Cause I just thought this, that number was off. And yeah. then we saw the Cardinals injury report on Wednesday. And even though that's early in the week, it wasn't very good. So now that we're seeing some four and a half, so it even got down to four, but there's five available. So if you're listening to this, make sure to hop on. Ben's best bet at the plus five, five and a half, five. Really not a big difference at all. Hardly any NFL games fall on five. Uh, but the reason why I was waiting for six is because six has become a more common number for the NFL to fall, especially with the extra point pushed back. And as we saw in the NFL game last night, uh, a missed extra point could be the could be at least the difference and maybe not winning or losing, but at least cause some spread drama down the stretch. Yeah, and I think sports books are a little bit more hesitant these days to get to that minus six because people love teasing the favorite down to basically a money line pick in a teaser. Yeah. So I, I see why they like it plus five and a half. Yeah, I would definitely avoid Arizona in any sort of money line bet. And, and I really think that the 49ers, they're live on the money line, um, even with Trey Lance. And I think actually Trey Lance, that doesn't even give him a better chance to win, but there's just so much variance in his game. And the Cardinals struggle to stop the run, and Trey Lance, a mobile quarterback who's not a polished thrower. So I'd imagine it would be a lot of running from Kyle Shanahan's game plan, and that suits the 49ers just fine. All right, some other games I'm betting not best bets, but I think these are going to be some things that I put some money on. Uh, the first one is Tennessee-Jacksonville over 48-and-a-half. I, I was an unders guy last week, Nate. Big unders guy. That was more, mostly for college football. Um, I hit a little bit of the the NFL unders. I hit the Seattle under last night, um, and that hit. I like the over in Tennessee and Jacksonville. I think Tennessee is going – I believe they're going to get some players back, it looks like. They have, obviously, some of their wide receivers are questionable. 
Um, but I think AJ Brown will be, will be playing and Tannehill will have his target and Derrick Henry will be there. And, and we know Jacksonville is a very easily beatable team. But on the flip side, I like what I've been seeing as of late from the Jacksonville offense. It seems like Trevor Lawrence is a bit more comfortable in that offensive scheme. I don't know how the Urban Meyer situation is going to affect that team, and that could be a reason people stay away from any bets in this game. Certainly a side bet, so I'm not touching a side, but I do like the over 48.5. Tennessee's defense has not impressed me. Neither has Jacksonville's. I think both of these teams can score a good amount on each other, and they play with a pretty high tempo at times. So over 48.5 in the Tennessee-Jacksonville game is a bet for me. Yeah, with the side, I'm not really sure what to make of it. As you mentioned, the Urban Meyer situation, there's one part of me that says that the Jaguars might rally around each other, the players at least, just like kind of a good moment. Like, we don't need the coach. We could do things ourselves. Mm -hmm. At the same time, if they get down early, I'm a little bit worried that there's a little bit of quit, especially maybe from the defense who doesn't want to put their hands and try to tackle the the mammoth beast that is Derrick Henry. So, yeah. Kind of two ways to look at it. That's why I'll stay away from the side, but I uh, I can't blame you for that total play, especially because the, the Titans' defense is, is not good at all. Yep. Um, and then I got one more over. Eagles-Panthers. Um, it's actually dropped from you know a day or two ago from 45 to 44. I still like the over 44. Eagles' defense, their secondary, is ugh, it's, it's disgusting. Um, I think there's going to be some opportunities for Sam Darnold to – to hit them deep, um, and and especially too because they like to play off, they they like to play an unpressured zone defense. I think we're going to see Sam Darnold be able to get some rushing yards in. We've seen him not be afraid to use his legs, uh, and I think that's going to be something where we see the Panthers move the ball on Sunday uh, off of Sam Darnold's legs. And on the flip side, the Eagles struggles on offense, and I, and I know they've certainly had their issues offensively, um, but they've had them for too long. And to me, this is a situation where we maybe see. Uh, at least a little bit of awakeness from that Eagles offense. And we see Jalen Hurts kind of click some stuff together. Um, that, that 44 number is a little too low uh, for me. So I think I'm going to hit that over in the Eagles-Panthers game. The Eagles offense, they did struggle in Dallas, but they also were good enough last week against a, a bad Chiefs defense, but still they were a big underdog and they were down four starting offensive linemen where they didn't end up punting in that game. So yeah, I think that the Eagles offense, a lot of variance to it. They could come out like they did against Dallas and just not run the ball at all and not get Jalen Hurts out of the pocket. And it's a complete disaster until garbage time, or they can kind of do what they did against the Chiefs last week. And, kind of down on the Panthers uh, after that 3-0 start and like a, trying to sell high on them because the quarterbacks they beat were Davis Mills on that Thursday night game and then week two, Jameis Winston and a, a very bad game for him. And then week one, Zach Wilson of the Jets. So Dak Prescott, I think, kind of exposed that defense to what they more are. And I could see the Eagles offense having a little bit success. And I'm going to actually bet on the Eagles Wanted to get three and a half, plus three is fine. And all the contests I'm in, it's three and a half, so I'll be happily taking the Eagles as the underdog. And maybe out of principle, I just have to bet on the Eagles because two <laughs> weeks ago I bet on them. Monday night we previewed this game on the podcast. I bet the Eagles plus three and a half. They get yeah. smoked by the Cowboys. But then the next week the Cowboys are a four and a half point favor against the Panthers. So that line kind of indicates – I know you upgrade the – the Cowboys after the Eagles win, but that kind of indicates both these teams are are equal based on based on the market. And now Carolina's more than a, or a field goal favorite at home, and 
home field doesn't mean as much. You don't give a home team three points by default anymore. So I think there's line value in the Eagles based on that kind of theory and want to fade the Panthers anyway because they had a soft start to the the season in terms of schedule. And I'll be on the Eagles, going to check on that Christian McCaffrey injury, a very important running back for the Panthers. Hope he does actually play so this line goes up to three and a half maybe. So waiting on that, waiting on some of the Eagles' offensive line woes with those injuries and Lane Johnson uh, missing out last week kind of unexpectedly. So waiting on a little bit of stuff, but the Eagles will definitely be a a bet for me. But with some of the uncertainty, it's not going to be best bet status. Yeah, it sounds like, at least McCaffrey was making it sound like he was going to play. And I I mean, I'm sure that would help the Panthers, but I I still like the Eagles in this spot. It would help the Panthers. It would help the Panthers, but I don't think it'd be enough to help them because I'd expect the spread to go up. And we saw Thursday the Eagles take a wave of money, it looked like, because it went from three and a half to three pretty quickly, which is not just your normal half point movement because it got to the key number, the most important number in the NFL of three. So. Yeah, I, li- I like Philly this week, and maybe it's out of principle because I had them two weeks ago against a team that Dallas and dominated last week, but Philadelphia will be a bet for me this this Sunday. I like it. You've got, what, three more? Yeah, I'll run through these quickly. So I like the Packers minus three. Feel I was a little saying bit, trap feels, game maybe? Yeah, I feel kind of square giving this out, but <laughs> I, I really don't think the number. I think this number is way too low. And I, I, I get it. There, I get it. There's worry with the Packers defense. They're missing key players. And now the latest being their star cornerback, Jair Alexander, which is a lot of could be a big issue when you have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, the outside receivers for the Bengals, as Higgins looks like he's going to return to the lineup. But I just can't get out of my head how the Bengals played last time we saw them that Thursday night against the Jaguars, where they're about to go down 21 nothing. nothing. Going into halftime, they had that huge goal line stop to keep it 14 nothing, and then they rally against the Jaguars' defense that just couldn't stop any, anything. So this line just feels short. I'm going to take a stand against the Bengals, thinking they're a little bit of a phony 3-1 and team. Um, I understand the case for, for the Bengals here, but at, at minus 3, I'm just going to have to take the Packers, and they're minus 3 in all the contests, I believe. So the Packers will be something for me. Dolphins plus 10 want to fade the Buccaneers after that big win against the Patriots. I just think the Buccaneers are a little too overvalued in general. They were overvalued last week in New England. That line was very inflated. This line is probably a little bit more fair, but you have that big win for Brady where they really had to throw everything to win that game in bad weather. Now it just feels like a letdown coming home playing an out-of-conference team like the Dolphins. And Thursday night, they're playing in Philly. So kind of another – and then they're traveling too. So they've traveled a lot. They've already had a trip out to L.A. I can see kind of the Buccaneers sleepwalking through this game. And I expect a very focused, strong effort from the Dolphins after they lost to the Colts. And the Buccaneers also just a lot of injuries in their secondary. So the Dolphins catching double digits will definitely be – a bet that I make before Sunday and using contests. And then one more, Browns Chargers under 47. There's been under money all week. I think that's probably because there was whispers and then a confirmation yesterday that Baker Mayfield has an injured shoulder. I think anyone who's watched in the last two weeks could probably figure out that he's not operating at 100% health. But I really like both defenses in this game. 
Um, and also like the fact that the Browns like to run the ball, and that's something you can do on the Chargers, and running the ball chews up clock. And the Browns, even though they haven't played, uh, or they played a favorable schedule of opponent offenses the first or last three games at least, I still like them in this in this game against the Chargers to kind of cause issues for Justin Herbert and try to make him replicate, replicate the third down magic that he's had so far this season. I don't know if that's sustainable. So under 47 with the Mayfield injury makes a lot of sense between two of the brighter coaches, I'd say, in the NFL and Kevin Stefanski and Brandon Staley. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I really do like that Packers pick. Um, I, it, I, I can't make it a best bet because I feel like there's something we don't know or something going on for it just to stay at minus three against the Bengals team that, like you said, they've been fine. They've been good, but they haven't had the competition that the Packers have had, and the Packers have looked good. And I think the stat that I saw, Nate, was Aaron Rodgers is – like 54 and 26 against the spread when he's a one score favorite. So, I mean, this is a great spot for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what we're missing here, but I think that's going to be a, a spread hit for me for sure for the Packers. Yeah. I think it's just the Packers defense and the injuries they've accumulated yeah. and just their defensive coordinator being a questionable hire. And, and maybe this is a, a Bengals offense that could exploit the defense. Although, if there is a coach that, you know, you, you say you give a team 10 days to prepare, he's like, oh, a good coaching staff is going to, you know, make the most of it, and they're in a good spot off a, a Thursday night game. But that good coach is – or that coach is Zach Taylor, who's not good. So I don't know if he's maybe uh, the best coach to trust and give the Bengals a, a boost, uh, honestly. So we'll see. Um, I'm interested to see that game and watch it because I have a very differing opinion than some – very smart people who moved this line from Bengals plus three and a half to plus three early in the week. All right, let's do our uh, attractive underdogs. <laughs> Rutgers, Syracuse, and the Bills. I added the Bills at the end there, but I think we talked a good amount about Rutgers and we talked about Syracuse. I mean, both these teams we just we really like in their underdog spots. Yeah, definitely. I think you you take them plus the points at the best number, and then money line both of them, and then parlay the, the the Syracuse and Rutgers, Rutgers thing. I think you said something like the preppy Northeast uh, Yeah, the, uh, the parlay. elite Northeast. I haven't spent too much time in the Northeast, but could you consider New Jersey the elite Northeast? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a fair point. Maybe not. And up, the and the up, East Coast elite is what they are. And upstate New York, too. Like, I yeah. feel like there's, it just snows there a lot. Like, this isn't like the, the Hamptons or Martha's <laughs> Vineyard, Cape Cod. But, I mean, maybe the, some of the students go on, like, vacation to some of the coastal yeah, that's really, places right. in the Northeast. But I, I don't know if the, uh, the the college towns that they are in is that. It's more blue-collar, I'd imagine. Blue-collar East Coasters against the blue-collar middle of America, then. Just blue-collar against blue-collar. Um, and speaking of blue-collar, the Buffalo Bills. They take on the <laughs> yeah. Chiefs Sunday night. Um, in So, I, listen, I, I think the Bills' money line is probably a good bet to make here. Um, I have just really liked how they have improved throughout the season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I am not going to bet it yet. So I will put that out there. But I am leaning towards the Bills, um, especially at that number, plus three, which I think it's at a good amount of places. Um, we know the Chiefs can be overvalued, and I know Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs' offense is really, really good, especially at home. 
but this could be a really good spot for the for the Bills to cover. So early in the week, I was thinking, Bills, this is the game they've been focused on all year. They lost in the AFC title game in that stadium. But the more I think about it, and you mentioned how the Chiefs have been overvalued, and, and they don't cover many spreads these days. They did last week in Philly, but it was a game they probably shouldn't have covered. But now you're getting Patrick Mahomes in a night game with fans at under a field goal against a team they beat twice last year. I just feel like this is the perfect buy low spot on the Chiefs. And what's keeping me off that is the Chiefs, just their defense in general, just not really liking that unit and like how much this game means for the Bills. But at two and a half, I couldn't bet the Bills at all. It's either Chiefs or pass for me. One thing mm-hmm. to note in this game, and, and we skipped the weather report today because it does seem like pretty good weather throughout the country. But one thing to note, especially because it's something I missed last Sunday when there was some some rain in New England, but it looks like there's going to be storms in Kansas City. So not sure what that means. I know the Chiefs defense struggles to stop the run first and foremost. So, you know, when they played the Browns and the Ravens, those were tough matchups for them and they struggled. But the Bills are a the first they just throw like Brian Dable, Josh Allen, four wide receivers, maybe a tight end. Like they don't run the ball enough to exploit this Chiefs defense, in my opinion. So I think the Chiefs defense can actually be okay in this game. And the and the Chiefs, I think at the at the price. I mean, if you're looking to buy low on a on a premier team and a premier quarterback at home yeah. with with fans at night, like Kansas City, I think is the only way to bet this game. Brunch time winner. Successful last couple weeks. What do you have for us this week, Nate? Yeah, so I actually was looking at stuff last night. There's nothing I really like yet. Not sure if I'm actually going to give out one this this week. Kind of one thing that might be interesting, the Saints-Washington football team game. There's also another weather situation in Washington. So how about this? Check my Twitter account Sunday morning at Nate Jacobson one, probably about like an hour, 90 minutes before kickoffs of the early games. And if there's something I like, I'll tweet it uh, from the I'll quote tweet it from my uh, Twitter account using like the podcast link that we post on Friday from the Stadium Bets account. So check my Twitter, follow us, follow Stadium Bets, follow Ben. Anyway, you should be doing that anyway, because we give out some of our thoughts, but for the purposes of the brunch time winner, because there isn't anything that sticks out yet, let's wait till as late as possible Sunday morning. Well, not as late as possible. We'll give you an hour, 90 minutes to find that bet, but <laughs> let's wait on that. And if, if I don't tweet anything, that means I didn't bet anything, and we'll just move on to another week. Here we go. Hey, nothing wrong with being a little hesitant to bet things, I think. We don't want to give out you know, 10, 15 picks every yeah. weekend if we're not going to be fully behind them. Yeah, That's our promise. On, especially on Friday, not all the first quarter markets are open. Sunday, it's when they're open. And there are some low totals. Like, I would love yeah. to go under in, in the Pats, Texans, and and Broncos, Steelers, especially depending on who the quarterback is for, for Denver on Sunday. But I'm not sure what lines and, like, how much juice you're going to have to pay on under seven yeah. and a half. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. Again, just to recap our best bets, I have two 49ers plus five, Iowa minus one and a half. Nate has 49ers plus five and a half because he took that on Wednesday. Temple Cincinnati under 54, LSU Kentucky under 51, 
and Michigan team total against Nebraska under 26 and a half. So we have got six best bets. Well, actually five because we have the same on the 49ers. So hopefully we have a good weekend. We are uh, hitting as a podcast 67% of our bets uh, so far through week five and six of uh, NFL and college football. So good luck to everyone out there. We will post our full video with our best bets on uh, Stadium Bets Twitter account. And you can find our write-ups, too, at uh, washstadium.com. But until then, good luck this weekend, and we'll see everyone back here. 